Welcome to the Yanagita Podcast Show, episode 16. I'm with special guest, Melissa Ling, Dr. Melissa Ling. Ooh, I like the ring to that one. Learned her <laughs> doctorate in physical therapy, who's also a certified strength and conditioning specialist, CSES. So, Melissa, how did you get started on all of this? Because that's very impressive. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, well, this is like kind of a hard it was kind of a hard spot because I was graduating college and I didn't really have a place to go in terms of a career path. And I thought I wanted to do medicine because my family does medicine and I've always loved it. But in the end, I really wanted something that kind of was a little more hands-on and not so much like bang, 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 10 patients, 10 minutes kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to spend more time with people and get involved in movement and the musculoskeletal system and anatomy. It's just, it's all great stuff. And I liked how it all worked together and being the like main problem solver and the person who people go to, you know, you know what I mean? Like problem they, solving. I like that. Yeah. People yeah. go to you for things versus like, if you go to a doctor, they might know what to do, but they're not necessarily, it depends on what it is, but like, they're not necessarily the main person who's going to make you better. If mm -hmm. you like, if you go to PT, I'm going to be the one that gets you better. And we're going to celebrate that together. And we go on this like awesome journey of rehab and it's, it's really great. See, that's really cool. Like, Melissa, where, where does that stem from? Is it like, because uh, you're very, from the first time we met, uh, I kind of want to go into that, back in <laughs> sure. middle school or something. But when we first met, like, I just had this sense of, like, you wanted to, like, help people, nurture people, take care of people. And from then to where you are now, is that is that kind of like how it went? Like, the childhood, did any of that mold? Who you are today? I think a little bit. I think a little bit. Part a part of it was just like, oh, medicine is super fascinating, medicine. and I love to see. I love to see how things work. I'm like not great at math, so probably not going to be an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I could just Same cross here. out those things. <laughs> I have decent people yeah. skills. I can move mm -hmm. well. I can teach. Mm -hmm. I actually really like teaching, and so I was like, oh, should I be a teacher? But that doesn't mm. really scratch all the itches. If that mm. makes sense. So it kind of became a process of elimination for a while. I like went and looked at like occupational therapy, see what they did with the nutritionists. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm, like, I, I don't know if I can see myself doing that. Mm -hmm. And then when I started like shadowing and stuff, then I was like, oh, okay, I could see myself here. This is awesome. This is something cool. Mm. See, that's really cool. And before the physical therapy, I think when we were in college, was there something about like, Tra training at like a gym or something like that before um so i, I did a couple thought, different yeah. things yeah so i yeah. um i got in at, so i went to U university of washington in seattle it's a really big mm -hmm. school they have a beautiful like massive gym facility i started teaching there so i did like strength and conditioning kind of classes um if people have done like body pump before it was kind of like a rip off of body pump i did i did some <laughs> circuit training mm -hmm. it was really fun i did that for about three years i did it during three college years. I also, yeah and i did it during grad school as well i didn't get my cscs through them i actually mm -hmm. went and got it after when i worked for another clinic who wanted me to do more strength training with patients because oh. a lot of um issues that people are having with physical therapy is it only takes you so far and then once you get to like, okay, I can do everyday things again, usually patients just, you know, they peace out. But right. then if you want to get to past that, it's like, hey, like what brought you here in the first place? Mm, you weren't really in shape. You were weaker in these areas. Like, let's make you stronger. So mm. being able to kind of take that PT, but that next level that gets you outside of PT. And that's what got me interested more in the CSCS and the strength conditioning stuff. Dang. And that's after college. And that's yeah. just incredible. What was that process like? Because I have a lot of people who are interested in 
some sort of physical work or personal training, mm-hmm. CSCS, physical therapy. What was the CSCS like for you? So the CSCS is the exam that you'll take. There's two portions. Um, there's like a practical portion, which is not really hands-on. You watch some videos, you analyze some movement, and you kind of decide like where does training go from there. And there's another portion that goes more into like the exercise physiology part, which probably makes it a little bit harder than other types of um, certifications, mainly mm-hmm. because it just goes so in depth, which mm-hmm. is great. And there's like a lot of parallels with some of the stuff in the book, which I learned in grad school. Um, that test costs like $500, $600. So it's expensive. Um, you, can, you have to pass both sections. If you fail one, I think you can retake the one that you failed. Mm-hmm. I almost failed it. I think I passed by a couple <laughs> questions on one of them. Hey. Yeah, but it's, it's fine. I'm here. Yeah, there we but, go. Um, anyways, it was like a lot of memorization. You have to memorize a lot of numbers, know what the training protocol is for certain things. Like you have like, a 30 year old basketball player, what should their, um, mm. what should their height or what should their jump be? Where, what should they be benching? Which I don't oh. remember anymore because I don't work with basketball players, but uh-huh. yeah. So there's a lot of memorization, a lot of work that goes into it, but, um, it's worth it. It's nice to have the credentialing behind you. So people know and trust you because the CSCS mm. is definitely like at the top mm-hmm. of the certifications for personal training. Cause it's co- college level athletes. Mm-hmm. You look at Strength coaches um, on the football teams, the professional football teams, they all have those same letters. Mm-hmm. The SCS. Mm-hmm. Dang. Oh, my gosh. So, wait. So, that just made me think about clientele. Mm-hmm. What, what's, the, what's the typical, like, people you work with day to day? Yeah. So, I right now, I see a really big variety. It could be mm-hmm. any. Like, for a little bit, I had a lot of, like, high school athletes, and we were just oh, working, yeah. like, getting them back to sport. High school athletes, um, yeah. It, it, yeah, it just depends. Um, right now, I have, like, a ton of shoulder patients, but they're not necessarily athletes. They could be, oh. like, people who just sit at a desk all day, and they're having pain, mm-hmm. or people who just work, like, very, like, hands-on jobs, and then okay. they hurt themselves doing something, and then that pain doesn't go away. By and the way, I love last, your videos. For people listening, oh. like your videos on your uh, on the gram, that that's that's actually why I I was like, hey, Melissa, that, that's what caught me. I was like, yo, these uh exercise, they, they, these form things, and dang. Mm-hmm. So if people are listening, where can they find you? And I was gonna ask you at the end, but just in case you want to, yeah, jump no, that's here. fine. We can we'll shout out again at the end. Um, so my mm-hmm. Instagram is Melissa M E L I S S A L D P T, and that's it. It's just my name and my last initial D P T. Um, I started it because, well, I started working for this clinic that I'm at right now, and mm-hmm. they're a little bit more on top of the social media game, which hey. I was like, okay, I got I to gotta, <laughs> step this thing up. <laughs> so, um, and I don't, I don't really like, like to post on social media a lot, so I'm still trying to get more comfortable with it, trying to make mm-hmm. it look nice. And so um, I put content on, so I work at Bespoke Treatments, the like Bespoke. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll see me on their page a lot more. I usually send them content, and then um, I put it on my own page sometimes for people to do. But it's nice to you know, just kind of connect with the per, uh, professional community a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm still like working on it, so if there's not a lot on there right now. No, I like it though. Like I particularly remember uh, the chair one when you're in the the chair position and oh, you're yeah. doing your strip. I was like, oh, this is great because I got to learn some stuff too. And yeah, that's, people love that one. Yeah, people listening to this, I secretly wanted Melissa to come on because I know I, I'm going to learn a lot from her. <laughs> that's why <laughs> I wanted to get her on here. I was like, secretly too, you guys are going to benefit from this too, but I know I am too. So um, just wanted to thank you again for hopping on, Melissa. Of and just curious so like someone listening who is what you described the desk worker you know works nine to five at a mm-hmm. desk 
what are a couple of things that you might recommend them to do if they have like shoulder pain or, mm -hmm. or hip pain? So one thing that I really drill into patients a lot is just taking frequent breaks. So mm -hmm. like I had a patient recently and he has like this like really awful shoulder pain that goes down his arm. And I'm like, okay, oh. um, I know you work from home. It's not a great mm -hmm. setup. How often are you taking breaks? And he's like, he just smiled at me. He's like, <laughs> I don't you. take breaks. So, oh my so he's working like eight, 10 hours a day, just sitting, just to get up to pee. And so mm -hmm. we like figured out ways to get him up more. You could set a timer. People put reminders. Um, he started doing this thing where um, instead of having a big water bottle by his desk, he had a mm -hmm. small cup. So he had to get up to fill his cup every single time. Oh, um, wow. So taking breaks is a really big one. Anywhere between 30 to 50 minutes, um, uh -huh. like around an hour is probably that maximum. Like for anybody, you sit for too long, right. you're going to get uncomfortable. Um, mm -hmm. Another thing is changing positions. Uh -huh. So um, I talk about this a lot in the mm -hmm. Instagram and some of the stuff on Instagram um, is if you sit in like your perfect posture, right? Mm -hmm. But you're here for eight hours, right. it's still not going to be ideal. So you can switch it up. You can cross your legs. You can uncross them. You can sit on the ground. You can kneel. You can stand. And that's why people have standing desks that switch back and forth. Back and um, forth, yeah. People sit like they lie on their stomach on the ground. Like it's not mm. great for too long either way but you mm -hmm. need to change the joint position because it's gonna get too, too much stress if it's a little mm -hmm. too long. And um, yeah, I think those are my two biggest things for people who are just starting to feel that stiffness and pain. Sometimes mm -hmm. it evolves into a little bit more than that. And then that's mm -hmm. when people come in the door and they're like, hey, it's not going away, what do I do? There we go, see, that's it. Change <laughs> positions and then take breaks every 30 to 50 minutes. Yeah. Dang, and, you know, that that's so good because uh, if you think about it, a lot of people do just want to just sit and just grind at something. They maybe oh, yeah. think about that. Totally. And uh, it's so important because even for me too, like recently doing a lot of uh, virtual things, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, after like an hour, hour and a half, I'm like, whoa, my shoulder. And yeah. I, I'm like, I, I got to stand up a little bit. I'm like, dang. So that I love that. Great advice. And what about for, okay, this is going to be, this is not on the thing, but what about for someone who works out frequently what are some mm -hmm. things that you might recommend i mean it's a general question because mm -hmm. without knowing all the details but like let's say for someone who works out five days a week for me for instance if i'm working out and <laughs> yeah. i have like knee pain and hip pain because i, I yeah. do have knee pain and hip pain yeah what, what would um, you think just without so, mm -hmm. yeah without too much context one i want to look at like well, what are you even doing? Are you running five days a week? Are you lifting mm -hmm. five days a week? Are you switching it up? Like changing the different systems that you're using. Like you're not hitting legs five days a week because then that's going to hurt your knees and your hips. But <laughs> right. I mean, but you do have those people who are like constantly exercising. I'm guilty of it too sometimes. I go to like mm -hmm. exercise classes. I go on runs. I lift and I do all these things. But every once in a while, like you need to be specific. So if I have knee pain and as a PT, I know with knee pain, I need to strengthen my hips because my hips are weak. So then I take the time out of my routine to like, okay, I'm just going to dedicate this day to just like a rehab day where I strengthen what needs to be strengthened to take stress off my knee. Does that make sense? So, and then, off the knee, yeah. and then there's things like, you know, just very, very specific strength training. Cause sometimes, and you know, people go in the gym and they do whatever people tell them to, but what do they really need? You know, mm -hmm. so just making sure you're meeting the needs of what your body, you know, needs to do based on what you're trying to do. So if you're running and your core is really weak, but you don't do any core training, but you still run all the time. So it's just, again, it depends on the needs, but you need to Good be specific point. sometimes. Yeah. Dysfunctions. Yeah. 
Wow. Core, hips. Yeah, that's a good point. Goes all the way down to the ankles. Yeah, man, I know. This is it's good. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take notes and come back to this. And once I replay this, I'm gonna be like, okay, do this. Make sure I'm changing the energy system. Yeah. <laughs> be more you specific can. some days. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. Dang. And so I'm curious, Melissa, as a physical therapist, what are some of the things that you do to overcome some of the the daily challenges? Because I know there's some a lot of stresses going on working with different people, stuff like that. But what do you normally like to do? So some of the daily challenges, especially in this field with like, I do get to spend a lot of time with people, which I Mm -hmm. love, but sometimes you just get really attached and like, you really feel that like guilt if they're not getting better, but like, you know what I mean? So like, but they're not putting in the effort, you know, like I can only motivate someone and you know this too, like you can only motivate a client so much. And if they don't believe it and truly change to do the work, it's not going to happen. So stuff like that, like I just need to like take a step back and just breathe and realize like there's some stuff that's really out of my control and it's time to move on to the next thing. Um, sometimes I'll just like go out and take a walk and I'll go to the store and buy things, even though I don't need to buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> is that like, is that like food, uh, buy yeah, or like, I'll, like... Go to, I'll go to Whole Foods and go buy some snacks or chocolate or something. <laughs> Yo, that's honestly what I do when I'm stressed. Okay. The people listening to this at the gym, they know this. I buy wasabi almonds. Oh Oh my God. Wasabi almonds. And I grab rice cakes and and they're like, (laughs) why all of a sudden? Why? It's like once or twice a month and just, just go. (laughs) (laughs) You just need it sometimes. You got it. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Just like exercise and just getting out of the environment too. You know, Mm. like, Right now I work in a, like, you know, a closed space. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you just need to go out for a walk. Maybe you need to go do something else for a little bit and just not mm-hmm. always grind all day. Yeah. See, that's great. Like what, when you do work out, like what kind of workouts do you do? Because people are probably thinking, what does a physical uh, therapist do? What does I a physical know. therapist do? They're probably curious. I get asked that a lot. Cause it's like, how do you look so good? What do you do? Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. I, it, I, right now I don't have any goals when mm-hmm. before, like I used to have goals where like, I really want stronger legs so mm. I can go hike or I can bike more or something oh. like that. Right now I don't really have any goals. So right now I'm aiming to run around three times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to hit about 10 miles total for the week. And that's just me. That's just what I want to do. But right now, like, I don't know if you saw Washington's like on fire and California's on fire completely. See, that is crazy. Yeah. So I haven't, so right now I'm not running because it's just really crappy outside. Mm. Um, I try to, and because the gyms are closed, our gym did open up for a bit and it was, it made me uncomfortable because everyone was like really sectioned off in a small area. Some people oh. weren't cleaning. Some people weren't listening to the rules and you had to work out with a mask on the whole time. So I was like, you know what? Like, really? Mask on is, the whole time? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, your place is better because yours is open, right? This right. is a closed, this is like a closed area. So um, all the gyms here, we have to wear masks. So wow. anyways, where was I going with that? Um, I try to lift two to three times a week and I just do total mm-hmm. body because if I had more time to lift, I would probably do like a legs, legs, you know, chest, back. Like, you know, I'd probably split it a bit more, but right now I'm just doing like, whole body two or three times run two or three times all the other times like i'll bike i'll go play soccer i'll play tennis mm-hmm. and that's literally it i try to do core like almost every time i lift or almost every time i run mm-hmm. that's just because of me because like i i do a lot so i need a strong core mm-hmm. um, to kind of support my activities and my lifestyle there we go um, so the yeah lifestyle. So it's specific right you have to be specific right you know, and that's great because, you know, you're mentioning a lot of sports and outdoor and hiking. And that's what I remember about Seattle. It's really beautiful in terms of like the nature. 
Uh, I remember there's a lot of bike trails. Like, we don't really have yeah. that in Hawaii. But, like, a lot of bike trails, a lot of uh, hiking spots, even just the uh, intramural activities of uh, tennis, soccer, volleyball. Mm-hmm. Were you living in Seattle your whole life or? No, actually. So I'm from oh. Eastern Washington. So Eastern oh, Washington's okay. on the other side of the Cascades, and it's mm-hmm. like dry desert heat. It's mm. not very pretty. There's no trees. There's a lot of tumbleweeds and like dry dirt. So like obviously outdoor stuff was better to do, you know, because mm-hmm. it was dry and it wasn't too wet. So you could run, you could play tennis, you could do all these fun things. But then eat, the west side of the state has more green and it's really beautiful. So like hiking's awesome. Biking mm-hmm. is awesome because you go by the water, you get to see all the cool features. So yeah, definitely like an outdoorsy state for sure. Dang. Is that like one of your favorite things about Seattle then? Um, yeah, for sure. There's just a lot to do. That's mm-hmm. it. Like you never run out Lots of things to do. To do. That's true. You never run out of <laughs> to do in <laughs> Seattle. Do you run out of things to do in Maui? You can, you can, yeah. you know, because I remember when I moved back to, when I moved back home after living in Seattle for a little bit, I was like, oh, um, Everything is closed at nine o'clock. Yeah. There's not, you know, not too much stuff like Seattle. I I really miss, hey, this is a, I really miss the Korean barbecues. I miss a lot of the Chinese food. The food. The food is so good. (laughs) The food. Oh my God. I miss the food in Seattle. That's one thing I really miss. It's very diverse too, Mm -hmm. um, which I, I, I really enjoyed when I first visited Seattle. I was thinking, oh my God, this is so people are so diverse. I mean, you see all types of backgrounds, ethnicities, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is like home. This is great. Yeah. So Seattle. Wow. And, and I, another thing too, like I sit, was there a place that you guys like to travel or, cause I know you guys like traveling kind of, right? Yeah. I um, like traveling too. Not necessarily. Like I, I think, I, I don't know if I told you this, we went to Hawaii, like three times in like three years because every time I had a break in grad school Hawaii Mm -hmm. was like the closest thing to like make it different but still feel like I went somewhere um Mm -hmm. we went to Paris um what was it last year two years ago about that was good yeah Yeah, I went to Paris that one was so fun um we were supposed to go to Italy this year so I like I really want to go to Europe more um Uh but right now obviously that's not really an option right right but yeah no 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 specific place really I like the beach a lot so there we go people are listening they're gonna be like next time you come to Maui it'll go to the beach paddleboard (laughs) for sure yeah was the last time you came to Hawaii the time we worked out or no it was two years after that probably we went to I think we went to the big island oh big island we went to the big island yeah I went to Oahu wow okay was there people you knew there or um no reason really just kind of something a little different and obviously like it was way more like city um Mm -hmm. more touristy there's a ton of japanese people everywhere so (laughs) blended in a little bit (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's true about oahu for sure (laughs) yeah so it was good though um i have one friend that lives there and so we just kind of hung out with him for a little bit but that was it there you go and you know speaking of friends like people are probably wondering how we met. And I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, I remember uh, this was probably... Oh man, this was in high Lauren. school. With high school, yes. was it with Lauren? Lauren. It was with Lauren. Uchi, shout out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we, we went to go eat somewhere. And I remember thinking like, oh. And then when you told me you were from Washington, I was like, wait, what is what? I've never been to the mainland at that point. <laughs> I was like, what is Washington? And it felt yeah, kind yeah. of like uh, 
I was like, oh my God. And then how do we keep in touch? Do you remember? I think like we occasionally like messaged on Facebook or something like that. And then okay. And I then don't, I don't really college, know, right? to be honest, college. like, and then you Lauren. moved to Seattle. Yeah. And then you to Seattle. Was Lauren here too in Seattle? Uh, I don't think she was ever in Seattle. Okay. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. But I just remember you coming to Seattle and then I was like, mm -hmm. oh, hey, like you're here. We should hang out. Yeah. And like you were like down the street from me too. That's right. Oh, that's right. I remember now because that's yeah. when I was just starting to date my uh, fiance and she- You guys aren't married yet? No, not even... yet. Hey, did, did you guys get married? Yeah, we got yeah. married. Congratulations. Um, end of July. Yeah. Uh, oh, it, it two, was like two months ago. It was two months ago, like backyard nice. wedding, you know, but hey. we're still going to try to have a big wedding next year because we have everything reserved and not mm. everyone could be there. So we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Dang. See, that's incredible because I, I remember like, yeah, that, I mean, from back in 2000, that was uh, 11 or 12, I think, mm -hmm. right around college. Oh, my God. And then that's when I remember you took me to the gym. You took me Did to I? the UW gym. Did I really? Yes, because I... I, I remember looking at it too. And then you had a pass or something. I, that's when, yeah. that's when I know that you were teaching class. And I was like, Oh, and we worked out and mm -hmm. actually, I don't even remember what kind of workout I did, but I remember working out and then I just, and then I think you had to go. So I just finished my workout or something, but I remember uh, going in campus at that time. Dang. Fine. Yeah. We went to Eight campus. I remember going to campus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That so was uh, almost ago. 10 years ago. Yeah, I know. We look oh the same. God. It's fine. <laughs> See, yeah, that, that's the thing, man. Like, the best part. <laughs> the past is like early 20s. <laughs> easy. Oh, easy, easy. And, you know, Melissa, people are probably wondering too, like, just made me think about like habits. Because is there certain things that you eat? I know I talk about the workouts. Mm -hmm. Maybe like sleep, waking up, all that stuff, reading. Anything that you do, like, that is kind of like a habit. Um, I mean, like 80% of the time it's a habit, but yes. I mean, I'm only human. I try to eat like a lot of like fresh fruits and vegetables and sometimes I'll just steam my vegetables. And I like, um, I remember seeing it a long time ago and like when I was still in college that like half your plate should be green or some kind oh. of like fiber because oh. it's less dense, right? So you're going to yes. eat more of it. You'll feel more full, but also like just for digestive health, like you need to have that fiber. So I try to eat vegetables. I cut out dairy. Um, mm -hmm. mainly because I was a little bit dairy sensitive and I didn't feel good when I ate it, but like my skin cleared up like a lot when I cut out dairy, mm -hmm. that was really good. Cutting out dairy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mainly just drink water. I don't really drink. Yeah, there we go. That's all I drink is water. <laughs> Maybe the occasional water. beer or so, but like I've gotten to the point where like I try to drink a soda and it just tastes gross. So mm -hmm. that's a, like, I think that's a good habit for the most part. Um, mm -hmm. otherwise like I'm pretty lax with my diet. Like, mm -hmm. um, I, I go by how I feel a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So sometimes like, you know, when you're hungry, your body needs something and you have to give it what it wants. But sometimes if you eat that cheeseburger, you're not going to feel good and you still won't feel full. You know what right. I mean? That's true. So, you won't feel full yeah. sometimes. Mm -hmm. See, and, and, and see that people are probably wondering like the whole feeling, you know, when you're telling, talking about like feeling and eating. And I, I, I understand that. And when people ask that, do people ask you about that? Like, how do you eat physical therapy? Not, not so really. Much? No, so people much? haven't really talked to me that much about it. Like sometimes like 
people ask me about weight loss and like macros and I can just give them the very basics. Like this is protein, this is fats, and these are carbs. You should mm -hmm. probably get roughly around this much protein in your diet. You want to stay around these parameters and carbs and fats, which I really don't know off the top of my head right now. It just depends on how much you weigh. Um, but in the end, like that's not my scope. I can only give them the tools. So like if I just really just want to focus on like getting them better and out there, that's fine. But if they need a little more help, usually I just refer out to a dietitian. There we go. And you have like dietitians in your area like that? Uh, um, yeah. Um, right now, because yeah. I switched to a new clinic, I don't really have certain specific ones I refer out to yet. I'm still uh -huh. kind of working on that. And I think actually it would be really good to kind of get more involved in that community because especially since everything's telehealth, dietitians mm. like really have a good advantage. So you just like sit down and you counsel someone, you go through their That's diets true. and stuff like that. So, huh. yeah. That's so maybe you should go point. find a dietitian to interview and then I'll learn mm -hmm. from them. Yeah. No, see, there we go. We got to get a dietitian <laughs> on board and oh my gosh. And that's, that's the, that's the book that I wanted to write. Mm -hmm. Okay. People might steal this. It's okay. I was going to write, <laughs> it was a book called food kills and food cures. Okay. And I was going to interview 50 uh, doctors, dietitians, physical therapists, all types of different backgrounds and then compile that into like one book. So mm -hmm. I know, this whole, yeah, this whole thing, man, it's gonna be the second book, but I'm curious, Melissa, like what are some of the mistakes that you might see other people in your industry making that you're like, Oh, when you see well, that, you're like your gut wrenches. Are you talking about like PT industry or like coaching? Cause I still coach a little bit. I don't know if I, oh, okay. I work at, I work at orange theory. Um, Sweet. Kind of hey, how is that like to... orange theory? I've uh, always been curious. It's so fun. You need fun. to go. It's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Um, obviously they're closed right now. So I haven't, there's not really classes that are open, but it's a really good way to push somebody, especially like if they need that cardio and they're just trying to lose those pounds, obviously like the diet needs to be on point too, but like compared to the other like group fitness ones, this one's a little bit more cardio heavy, but I just really like the way it pushes people. And they're very good about like making sure everyone's safe and has options and they don't feel negative and stuff. So yeah, wow. it's Orange awesome. Theory. So orange okay, let's, let's start with that one then, Orange Theory, like in that yeah. fitness coaching space. What do you Sure. Think? So I've been in the fitness coaching area just like roughly five years or so. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of what I see are like two, like two ends of the spectrum. You have people who undercoach and people who overcoach. And then you have the people who just kind of overcoach. Mm -hmm. You have the people who just kind of sit there and say what they need to say. And they sound like they're pre-recorded and it's just doesn't really, it, it tells people what to do, but they're not really feeling motivated. They're not getting the cues they need to really succeed. And then you have the other end of the spectrum where, and then also given like sometimes people are like that because they're just starting out and they really just need to practice. That's fine. Mm -hmm. um, but then you have sometimes other people who overcoach and they try to say too much on the microphone. So much mm -hmm. so it's distracting. Sometimes I see coaches, they go to somebody and they'll like try to overcorrect them. Like, oh, your pelvis needs to be here. Your knee needs to be here. And like, well, it's a group setting, so you can't mm -hmm. really give someone that much individual attention. Mm -hmm. And how much attention do they really need? You know, if they're not hurting themselves and their knee is just a little off, they're just there to have a good time. They're mm -hmm. just there to move. You know, they're not there to perform and like do their heaviest squat or something. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, like there's a benefit to it. It just depends mm -hmm. on the person and the person you're talking to. Um, and I think one thing that kind of irks me a bit about the fitness industry is like when people overstep their boundaries as a fitness mm. professional, 
So you have coaches, personal trainers who will have a client with like knee pain. And then they're like, well, you should do these exercises for your knee pain. But do they really know what's wrong with their knee? Or are they just mm. doing it because someone told them this is what you do for knee pain? Right. So that's when it comes to like, um, in the PT world, like you don't want to have a cookie cutter approach to everything because everyone's yes. so different. Every mm -hmm. injury is different. That knee pain might be like a tear. It could be a hamstring strain. It could be like patella femur. It could be so many different things. And to be able to differentially diagnose those is going to make mm -hmm. them better and not worse. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that's great. And that's what, that's the whole thing about like referring them to, you know, different experts and things like that. So that's so good. Like under coaching, over coaching. Wow. And then what about in the physical therapy realm? Yeah. So in the PT realm, PT realm um, yeah. I've only been a PT for like a little over a year. Just granted, mm -hmm. this is just what I've seen so far and in my clinicals yeah. and all these things like that. Um, mm -hmm. So sometimes in the PT world, we have PTs that are very like tried and true. This is the method. This is the way like mm -hmm. they have a one kind of, kind of approach. Like every patient's going to get this type, you know, like I said, like cookie cutter in a way, right. um, a they standard. don't, they don't really personalize things. And that could be like the result of a couple different things. Some clinics, uh -huh. um, some clinics, they cut their patient time. So like you spend only 30 minutes with a PT and then you spend 30 minutes with like an exercise tech, which could be someone like you who's a fitness professional, but doesn't have the license or the background to teach someone and know what's wrong with them. But you can follow instructions and instruct an exercise. That makes sense. Mm. So some clinics are like that and some of them are even shorter. It's like, you only get 20 minutes with the PT. They kind of make minutes. sure everything. Yeah. sometimes they're like, Oh, you just make sure everything's okay. You massage them for a bit Dang. and then you send them to do their exercises. But to me, like seeing someone do their exercises tells you so much more. And mm -hmm. that's when they really might need that like hands on, like, okay, now you really need to correct your squat. You really need mm. to make sure your pelvis isn't doing this, your knee's not doing that, because that is why when you're 500 squats in, that's why your back hurts or something like that. Mm. So um, back surgery. It kind of it kind of irks me a little bit that some that the PT industry is moving in that direction. Um, mm. Like let's say for example, like in New York, PTs be like think of New York, the mm. reimbursement for patients is quite low, mm. so insurance companies don't pay a lot, and so as a result, for PT companies to stay afloat, they need to increase their quantity. Of patients that they're seeing the amount so, of people. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. so so think about this you're um in a clinic you work 10 hours and you see 30 patients 10 hours you see 30 patients so that's 20 you minutes see, yeah it's like or wow, every... or some pts they'll see two patients at a time you got one eye going that way one eye going the other way while someone oh. else is doing their exercise with them so it's wow. not very personalized um and again right. like this is because the industry has created a way so they don't value PT. So the reimbursement so low that the people revert to these ways to survive. Wow. And it's not necessarily the most efficient way for someone to get better a lot of the time. So that's like the number one thing in PT, I think really bothers me a lot. Um, mm. It's just kind of where that standard is going. Wow. The, the insurance kind of like the insurance. Uh, yeah. I mean, what do you, what, cause you're saying that you gotta just increase the quality at that point, huh? So there's other ways that other PTs are getting around that. They do right. cash yeah. base. They do cash, cash base. Pay. So which is a little bit more expensive, but in the end, uh -huh. like the PT gets more and the insurance companies don't get anything. So like, you know how in health insurance works, you meet a deductible. And mm -hmm. after you meet that deductible, then insurance will pay a little bit more. But usually mm -hmm. most people's deductibles are really high. Like they're like 5,000 or $10,000. 
And most of the time people don't ever meet that. So they're paying so much money to the insurance companies that don't actually ever cover them until they hit that number. Dang. You know, and, and speaking about like insurance and, and other PTs, what do you, what, what do you think we should look for? Like as a consumer, as like mm-hmm. from the outside, if we were to look for a physical therapist, what would you look for? I would first ask um, like, what's their like, provider to client ratio is it a one-to-one is it a one-to-two do you get 30 minutes with the pt 30 minutes with the tech and most of the times 30 minutes with the pt 30 minutes with the tech is actually fine for the majority of the population it's just like uh-huh. i said it's a little bit more of a standard now and that's okay i would make sure you look at their education like mm-hmm. are did they graduate recently did they graduate 20 years ago what do they specialize in because like maybe they see like a ton of runners and that's mm-hmm. good because maybe the person that you want to send them is like a runner and that's what the, their goals are. And also like looking at a PT and you know, what, what are the interests? Cause obviously like if someone, like I play tennis, if I get a tennis player in the door, like I'm super psyched and I really want to get mm. them on the court. So that motivates me to get them better. Even more so. Some, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if you look at mm. their interests, their specialties, certifications, things that align with your goals, I think mm-hmm. that's the second thing to look for. Um, and yeah, I would, I think you can kind of, tell a lot by your first visit too. You talk to them, you want to make sure you get along with them. Mm, get along with them if, too, because yeah. Yeah, you're gonna spend a lot of time with this person. If you don't get along, like it's not gonna be great for either of you. That's, you can always- That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's true, because <laughs> they can be the best. And then what I'm hearing is if, if, if it's not like a personality match, then- yeah you're right exactly um they a lot of like what we were taught in pt school and what i see a Uh lot in the industry is like if you're a crappy person Uh you could be the smartest person in the world Mm. but you're not going to be an amazing pt if you can't connect with people dang the human part Mm -hmm. that's the yeah that's the wow physical yeah Yeah. dang i don't know how to even word that yeah that's that (laughs) connection that's the connection it's all i can say oh my gosh (laughs) people part wow people part yeah and you know kind of going into that like the last couple questions i love asking this yeah sure if uh you could go back to melissa at 18 years old yeah what advice would you give yourself 18 years old right out of high school i would be right out of high school i think and i was thinking about this when i saw your questions i was like I would really tell myself to just like take a chill pill and just like live a little take bit. Take a chill pill. Yeah, cause I was really, <laughs> I was so stressed out I think about like my future and school and all these things. And in reality, like I have so many years to worry and work and do all these things and just kind of like every now and then take a moment for myself and just enjoy like life. Um, and just to kind of follow that too. So like if, like, like I said, I was following the medicine route for a long time and I wasn't really sure if I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I wish I took a little bit more time to explore other things like PT, but maybe other things too. Just give it a try and just be mm-hmm. open to what excites me and what I'm interested in versus what I think I should be doing. Mm, I like that. Chill pill and check out <laughs> other things too. Yeah. That's, that's the caption. Chill yeah. pill Chill and pill. try other things. And then, and then go and, do other stuff. And try other stuff. And so, wait, I'm curious. So when you're 18, were, were you at UW already or... I think so, right? Because that's when I graduated high school. I probably started that fall at UW. Yeah. And I didn't even have a major at that point. I couldn't decide on one. Just getting all the the credits. Just doing it. Yeah. And you're saying you're kind of stressed out a lot at 18 about 
I think like I just didn't know what I wanted, you oh. know, and I ended up, I remember every quarter I was in college, I took like, so 15 is like a full load, right? Mm -hmm. I took like 18 to 20 credits every single Dang. quarter. So I was like, I was exactly chill pill. Like I didn't need it. It's fine. Oh, it's classic. That's <laughs> awesome. Like what kind of classes was that? Cause you say it wasn't a major the mm -hmm. first couple of years was it more just uh what kind um of it was just like you know the prerequisites to make sure you graduate so like english the general biology like stuff like that like everyone has to take a science class to graduate mm -hmm. kind of thing um but i like i ended up double majoring for a little bit and then i uh -huh. double majored and minored and then i dropped a major my senior year oh. and so i ended up with a public health major and a nutrition minor but having all of those credits under my belt like i just yes. took so many classes Wow. And the nutrition minor you were saying. Yeah. Oh, and, and what kind of drew you into the nutrition, like going into that nutrition minor? Cause this is, it was this just is fun. It was, it was interesting. Fun. Yeah. It was fun and interesting. That's great. We need it more people more, like that. Yeah. It was super fun. fun. It was, it was more than just like, these are macros, these are fruits and vegetables. Like mm -hmm. we looked a lot at like the food industry and like, oh. like big companies and where they're at and like, you know, meat processing, like all those big no, issues. I'm curious about this now. So wait, the, the food companies and the, all of that, what you were just saying, what are your thoughts on some of that? Um, I mean, I think I don't have anything against it because uh -huh. at the end of the day, I just look at the ingredients and I look right. at the nutrition facts. Um, right. And um, I mean, the idea of the big industries is that like, let's say Pepsi owns like all these other sub companies that mm. also sell snacks and stuff like that. And which is fine. Uh -huh. um, it's again, like you just have to pay attention to what you're eating, what's going into your body. Mm. Um, I think like my favorite thing in a nutrition class is going over Cheetos because Cheetos are like my Cheetos. favorite snack. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> they're so Flame good. Flaming hot Cheetos or regular Cheetos? Nah. No, the jalapeno Cheetos. They're not oh, too spicy, but they're so go. good. <laughs> but they go through like the science of like the snack and they formulated that flavor to be just like, you know, addictable, but enough wow. that like your brain forgets it. So you want more. Isn't that Dang. so interesting? That is really like, like you think about it, Pepsi, if you do that with the Cheetos, probably did that with your drinks too. Huh? They probably did that with everything, to be honest. So yeah. <laughs> That's Nutrition. why we're here. <laughs> Boom. Just pep wait, so you're saying Pepsi or these big companies own these smaller sub companies mm -hmm. that produce like Cheetos and stuff. I didn't know yeah. that Pepsi owned Cheetos. Um I don't think Pepsi owns Cheetos. I can look it oh. up for a second. Let's let's give me two That's seconds. really cool. Pepsi companies. Because Pepsi doesn't isn't just a beverage company. They also so PepsiCo also owns uh, Mountain Dew, Gatorade, all this stuff. Oh, Gatorade. Oh, Tostitos, Fritos, no, Walkers. Tostitos. Like, there, it's so much. That's my like, favorite. Tostitos. If you Google it, like, wow. Google all the sub brands, it's insane. It's insane. They're all connected. That's crazy. And it's just probably like those chips, too. It's probably just salty enough, like what you're saying, where it's yeah, like, exactly. Where it's, where it's like, not too mm, much. I just want oh, more, though. Yeah. That's so crazy if you think about it. And I'm guessing that's what like all the companies, right? Like Coca-Cola and all these mm -hmm. guys too. Like all those major ones, there's not just one product. There's like millions of other products for sure. Wow. The food industry. And that's why like, so I'm curious for the people listening, what do you look for on the food label? So I tend to look at, first I mm -hmm. look at is like protein and fiber. Protein because, and fiber. Because, well, and the sugar. 
Mm -hmm, as well. Sure, yeah. It just depends. I kind of like skim what pops out to me most. So mm -hmm. protein, like I want, like I struggle to get enough protein in my diet. That's just mm -hmm. personally me. So I yeah. make sure it at least has some that will make mm -hmm. me feel full. The fiber will also help me feel full as well, but also the added sugar. Like if mm -hmm. there's like 30 added grams of sugar, like, holy crap, I might crash later. You know, like it, <laughs> yes. that's going to be really sweet. Um, I don't necessarily count calories. Sometimes mm -hmm. I do if I have a goal, but, um, obviously the calorie counts important. You want to know how dense the food is that you're eating. Mm -hmm. So like, like a cheeseburger is a very calorie dense food, but mm -hmm. there's not necessarily like a ton of fiber in it. And there's like a lot of fat. So for saturated fat, I don't actually know what the value is, but like there's a recommended amount you want to stay under every day. That amount used to be like really low. Like, and again, don't quote me on this. It might be like 10. Okay. You eat a cheeseburger. That's like 10 right there. You yeah. Know? Right there. Boom. So, or like you eat like, um, potato chips that's like three mm. like and that's only one serving you probably eat more than right. one serving of potato chips at a time so yeah. just pay attention to that and when I look at the ingredients you want to make sure like the palm oil isn't super good for you mm. um, different kinds of oils um, again I'm not a nutritionist this is just what I look at um, but just looking at and then seeing things like natural flavors or natural ingredients in it mm. that's just a broad term for I don't know what this is <laughs> you know what I mean? it, right? Yeah. No, no, they, they, they literally put like natural ingredients or natural flavors in there instead of huh. the actual name of what's in there. So it's oh. like you don't know what's in your food all the time. Yeah, we don't know. You don't know. Wow. So again, you need to get a nutritionist on here so we can talk to them about that. Damn. Yeah, we'll get a dad. Yeah, we gotta get a we gotta yo, go get one. We gotta go find someone. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. So now we're talking about food. Like my guilty foods is I like well, uh, sushi's really not guilty, but sushi, steak, sushi's good, and and pizza once in a while. Like people are probably asking, like, what what is your guilty foods, Melissa? They're probably like, what is this? What is this person's guilty foods? It's probably sushi. No, not sushi. Sushi's not guilty. Um, it's probably pizza. I like it's just such an easy, quick like dinner, and we'll mm. like this is really bad. We'll go to Safeway and buy those like five dollar Safeway pizzas. Nice. Just, like, eat, eat it. Yeah, and it's so good. And I eat a salad with it. It's not too Dang. bad. Because um, actually, if you eat um, something with fiber, mm -hmm. like that's natural, and I'm, I'm not sure what the word is. I just remember learning this in school. If you eat something and you follow it with something like that, it'll actually decrease the amount of sugar that gets absorbed to your blood or oh. it changes the way that like you absorb your glucose. I'm going to say it that way. Cause I don't actually remember what it is. Mm -hmm. So like, let, let's say like I eat a pizza and then I crash after cause my blood glucose right. drops so quickly. It just gets oh. taken up by the cells super fast. It just mm -hmm. drops. But then if yeah. I eat some like oranges and salad with it, it might not drop as quickly. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? I like this. So so that's I was a great into tip. That. We might make that the highlight clip. What you just said. <laughs> About the pizza and the salad. But I'm not a nutritionist. Fiber. Don't call no, no, me on that. I know, I know, I know, I know. Do something this PT related. <laughs> oh my gosh. Go ask a nutritionist That's a personal thing. That. I will, yeah. I will. Wow. No, but yeah, no, that's true. Because when I talk to um, one of my friends who's a nutritionist, they tell me the same thing about balancing the fiber so the insulin doesn't crack, uh, the insulin yeah. spikes and all these things. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. I love, I, this is why I love learning. I just love learning yeah. from smart people. Like, this is great. Thanks for, you know, sharing this. And, you know, Melissa, one thing I want to just say is that um, I want to just acknowledge you because from the time we first met to now, probably like almost at least over 10 years, right? 15 years close to, 
we've been keeping in touch and you know every time i reach out you've always been you know kind and open and you know just respectful and really helpful and um if i didn't know something you'd be like oh yeah here it is or let me show you this or you know you're always just really helpful so i just wanted to appreciate and acknowledge you uh, melissa for coming on and final question oh no final question let's do so, it so our model in the book i wrote fighting oh, sickness yeah, this with fitness what does yes. fighting sickness with fitness mean to you? Um, so I thought about this for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And if you think of like fighting, fighting is like a battle, right? Mm -hmm. And a battle has a lot of ups and downs. So if you're in a battle, like you're going to, you're going to have some victories, which are great, but you're also going to have some downs where you feel like you were defeated. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe something happened in your life. Maybe you just slipped up on your diet that one day, but like, you know, with a battle, like you just got to push forward. So making sure that the fitness and the fitness aspect is not just a constant, it's going to be up and down, but you always have to keep moving forward. And it's important, especially today, like where inactivity, food, especially like causes so many issues and people just go to the doctor and they usually get something that has to do with medication or something a little bit more expensive where really like exercise and movement is the solution. Many of the times exercise and movement is really a cheaper, more effective solution. It's just really hard to get started. It's really hard, hard to get started. started. So getting started is the hardest part. Getting consistent is hard as well. So making sure that you're really just fighting that battle every day and keep pushing forward. Um, fitness is more than just, you know, going to a gym and cranking out three sets of 10 or something like that. It could be just a change in routine. Mm. It could be like taking the stairs at work, you know, going out for walks. Like it's just, it's going to be such little things. It doesn't need to be the structured, scary thing that a lot of people make it out to be. And it just takes a really small step to get started. Dang, that's the answer. That's the <laughs> mic drop. Boom. Right there. Boom. Dang. You know, Melissa, I want to just uh, thank you so much for hopping on the uh, podcast again. And where can our audience find you? One more time. For them yeah. Listening. So on Instagram, you just type in my first name. It's Melissa, M E L I S S A, the letter L, D P T. And that's it. Melissa L D P T. DPT. Got it. We'll put that all in the description. Serene, counting on you. Appreciate it. And, you know, thank you so much again, Melissa. Really appreciate it. Next time we're going to get you and a nutritionist, nutritionist together. Yes, because I want to yeah. know too. We'll, we'll do that together. We'll do like a, we'll do like a co-host kind of thing in the future. No, that'd and, be good. You know, yeah. really appreciate it because uh, my mind just learned a lot about like the coaching cues and all this stuff. And yeah, thanks for having me. So yeah, thank you so much again. And, you know, thanks for sharing your experience and all your knowledge with us and for those of you guys listening uh if you're driving hope you guys didn't take notes if you're driving but if you're listening <laughs> somewhere else hope you're taking notes it's some good information and until next time until next monday stay healthy and keep on fighting sickness with fitness